His name adorns many Upper Cumberland buildings. And yet most would tell you Millard Oakley did not like the limelight. He liked to work and did that well into his 90s. He was behind the scenes on many endeavors from banking to radio to real estate. And it all started with an Overton County upbringing that he called hard but defining. Today, we reflect on the life of Millard Oakley. He passed away Thursday morning at the age of 91. In 2018, our Larry Stone sat down with Millard Oakley to reflect on some of what he saw on his journey. Millard Oakley, thank you for being with us. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. When did your career begin? Well, I don't know hardly how to answer that. Uh, You mean... uh, business career or uh what do you but, define as your career because you've done so many different things well i uh i was born in 1930 uh i'm uh, 88 be 89 next year and uh in in overton county livingston i was there for my father's there great father great grandfather great great grandfather and on back the first of my family was buried in a, in the oakley cemetery in 18 40. Wow. So we've been around a pretty good while. Uh, I'm the young seven children who worked at a, my father was involved with a sawmill. And uh, I, uh, my first business venture was when I was, I guess, 14 or 15, maybe. There's a shine shop on the square in Livingston, a shoe shine shop. And uh, uh, a young fellow there, Buddy Myers, was going to Detroit. So, uh, an African American uh, fella, and uh, I bought his shop from him in 19, oh, 40, late 45, or maybe 46 for $300. That was his inventory and everything. And uh, my brother loaned me the money to buy it, and it worked out really well. I was there, and uh, right after World War II, and of course, the uh, people coming home from the service, and they had been used to ha- uh, having to shine their own shoes, you know. So uh, I was doing a land office business, and uh, I did pretty well with it. And went to uh, college. I graduated from high school forty-seven, and that's been what seventy-one years or something ago. And uh, at that point, Overton County uh, or Livingston did not have a public high school. Uh, it was uh, run by, run by the Women's Christian Society, uh, and the last year that uh, it functioned in that manner was in 1947, and since then, why? Oh, it's been a public school. Alpine had a high school, and it shut down too. The first high school in Overton County was in probably 1926 at Rickman. So, my mother wanted me to uh, go to good Christian school, so uh, I went to Cumberland University, and I'd made a good bit of money. I had a little money I saved up and a little help, and so I went down there. It was a Baptist school, and uh, I'd like to have gone to Tech or UT or something, but it was just uh, economically better for me to go to Cumberland, and uh, so I went down there. It was not quite the Christian school I thought it was. I learned how to drink beer and play poker and Smoke and a few of those things. There. You learned a vice or two. Yeah, I did, and uh, uh, but it worked out real good. I didn't actually graduate uh, with a baccalaureate degree from anywhere. 
Uh, I don't have a baccalaureate degree. I have a degree from Cumberland called an LLB. Now, you've never heard of that, but that's a Bachelor of Laws. So I graduated in 1951. I was 21 and uh, had a license to practice the next year. I, I didn't know anything. I uh, really started practice law. And, oh, and I got out in 51. I ran for office in 52 when I was first year I could vote, I suppose, and uh, to the Constitutional Convention. They hadn't had one in, since the Civil War. Served in that in 50, oh, 53 and really started practicing law in 50, 53 and later ran for the just as country practice didn't have any business much and was not economically rewarding. Was there something that attracted you to the law? Uh, where we lived on East Main Street, uh, and Mr. Don White was a lawyer and he walked to work every day and always wore a straw, a straw sailor hat and uh, had an umbrella. And uh, uh, I had an uncle who was a lawyer had gone to Cumberland, and it just uh, seemed like the, uh, something I wanted to do. What about it appeals to you? I don't really know. Uh, after I practiced a while, I didn't really care for it much. Really? Uh, kind of a harsh, abrasive way to make a living in a country town where you sue people you knew and that kind of thing. But it, uh, I did all right. Uh, I did all right, and I practiced in Oh, ran for the legislature, served, I guess, till 63. At last, my last term was in 63. And then uh, uh, just had a general country law practice. Uh, uh, later formed a partnership with Cameron Oakley and Jared Arnold Cameron and Eugene Jared here in Cookville. And uh, I just, uh, I'd got interested in politics having served in the legislature several terms. And uh, when Joe Evans ran for Congress, he was, came into our district. I kind of managed his campaign up our way a little bit and took a lot more credit than I was entitled to. But anyway, I got along with Mr. Evans pretty good and uh, uh, was practicing just general, general law practice, nothing very uh, sophisticated, just... Uh, uh, anything walked in the door. We didn't know our own limitation, whether it's a, a Clayton Sherman antitrust actor, anything that we didn't, we just took it all and did the best we could with it. But you, in, in you, night, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, you, you asked what? You, you have such a, a long tradition of giving back, beginning with that service, political service. Is that something that you, is that a lesson from your parents to get involved? Uh, I don't really know. I was, you know, I was raised. Uh, I could say modest. We were just really. It was kind of poor. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't have a car. I could vote before I had a car, and uh, it was. Uh, uh, we got along reasonably well, and a little tough during the war. Our, my father went broke in thirty, uh, thirty-nine or forty, and the bank sold her house and kind of. Created some real problems for a few years. But, did did that impact your life? Oh, the course. way you thought about things? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, it impacted a, a good bit in a, in a kind of a negative way. 
but it made me, and uh, I made up my mind. I, I just didn't want to be poor, and uh, I've had too much of a motivation in that direction, quite frankly. But in 1971, uh, Mr. Evans was by and uh, always asked me to come up and uh, serve and uh, do something in Washington with him and uh, or for him. And in 1971, I, he was by the office here in Cookville, and we talked. And he said, just come on up and be my be general counsel, one of the Hill committees that he chaired. And I went up there in uh, 71 and stayed till 73. And uh, it was just hard to go back to general law practice then. You enjoyed it? Oh, I did. It was really opened my eyes. Uh, I just didn't realize what all went on in Washington. But it was so inter- just a, a fun place to live and something happening all the time. It was a it was an interesting place to live. What was the biggest thing that that you didn't realize about Washington that you took away from that? Uh, how it worked. Uh, uh, that it it was uh, Mr. Evans was chairman of the House Small Business Committee and chairman of the uh, Appropriations P- Public Works Committee and. Uh, how the chairman of the uh, committees could just kind of do a little bit what they wanted to do and uh, could just, uh, Mr. Evans, if in reading a report, he'd, he'd blue line they, all of them. I don't mean it in, anything improper, but he would what they call blue line it, something he didn't like with a testimony. He'd just strike it and said, I believe the witness said this. And, uh, and he was right a lot of time. But anyway, it was not economically rewarding. I had a wife and child, and uh, it was I commuted a lot, and so I decided I better come on back and try to make a living. Did it ever make you think I should come up here and make politics? No, really? I, was, I was just I was fascinated with it. I was fascinated with it. Mr. Evans was a, a blessing to this this congressional district. He funded so much money; it's just hard to remember and believe, but. Uh, his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, uh, oh, what I'm trying to say is over tech, all of his memoirs are over there. And it would be, if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's really worth seeing. But anyway, I, uh, uh, came on back in 74. I'd got a, uh, acquainted with several members of Congress in 74. Uh, I got, was active at a, uh, a political race or two, and uh, not with any real influence. I was offered a job to come back and be state insurance commissioner. It had savings loans, and it was pretty, uh, of course, it was a, a good for your ego, prestigious job, uh, uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I moved to Nashville and, and lived down there four years. What I take from your career, and we've only touched on parts of it, is you were willing to kind of try anything. Yes, sir. Uh, I've had some successes, some failures. We always talk about our successes, but uh, I've had some business failures. Why Was that just inside of you that you were willing to take the risk? Well, I wanted to, yeah. It's, it was uh, had a little uh, uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, inclination. Um, and in 19, uh, let's see, 65, I had uh, 
was an organizing director of a bank, Livingston. Over Overton County had one bank at that time. It was a good bank, but uh, we felt there was a need for a second bank, and I was the organizing director, and it was uh, six or seven, and then we sold some stock locally and formed the First National Bank and started out in a single-wide mobile home there in Livingston, and uh, we've had uh, some success since Look then. at you now. Yeah. <laughs> we... Uh, we uh, uh, Oh, uh, I, I don't know when we first branched to Cookville. I can't remember. It was was later, but we we were uh, we got along pretty good uh, and made uh, made progress. Uh, we are now in Cookville and all good in Sparta and uh, Crossville, Fairfield, Glade, and uh, and really doing doing pretty good. Miller Oakley, was there something that drew you to the business of radio? Yes. Uh, while I was practicing law, I, have, I, was, I had a client who was an engineer, and he had a, a permit for a radio station in Crossville, an AM, and uh, I put it on the air. I got a young fellow up there, and uh, we said it was an AM, of course. And uh, it, was, it was very successful and uh, got interested in that, and we uh, had a then I had one up in Kentucky and W. JKY in Jamestown, Kentucky, and later on uh, got a permit for one in Monticello, Florida, and put one on down there, and uh, one in Greenville, Alabama, and uh, Newport, Tennessee, Dayton, Tennessee, uh, all with partners. I didn't had a partner in all of them. Drew Huffines and Bob Gallagher. We're partners. Uh, Bob and I were involved in uh, one in uh, Shovel, Tennessee, a 100,000-watt uh, station, uh, Tennessee Christian Voice. Uh, but quite frankly, it didn't do so well. And we sold it to, uh, oh, uh, I forget, Wayne Newton's brother. And he made a rocker out of it. And uh, it did uh, pretty well. <coughs> and I... Uh, I still have WLIV in Livingston, so AMFM. I've had that, and had a uh, got a license for a a television uh, a station in near Asheville, North Carolina, but it didn't have enough power, and we couldn't get on the uh, uh, the cable system wouldn't put us on, so it it didn't we didn't do so well. We didn't actually put it on the air. We couldn't get on the cable. Tried a low power in Cookville. And ended up giving it to a church. It didn't work so well either. Was it something about the art of broadcasting or the 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 fun of radio? Or for you, was it more just the business part? A little bit of both. It gives you a little prestige around the town, you know, if you own the radio station. Like at Livingston, it's, uh, uh, it was on there in 46, and uh, I've kind of— been up and down with it. Country radio is a tough way to make a living <laughs> since uh, you know this better than I do, I'm sh- I, I, I suspect. So you also then got involved, and our listeners may not realize, but you got involved in really trailblazing rulemaking in terms of the FCC and the ability for radio stations. The environment we have today, it's not unfair to say, Miller Oakley had a lot to do with that. Well, it was, it's different. Uh, it's like banking in this respect. 
You couldn't just get a license to have a radio station and you could own just one. You couldn't have an overlap. Uh, and you had to prove that uh, uh, there was a public need for it, go out and get interviews and get people to tell you what uh, what the county needed and city needed. And uh, uh, it could it was a good bit of paperwork to get one on the air now. And certainly you couldn't own but one. Uh, I don't remember what the distance is, but there couldn't be an uh, overlap. Uh, and now, of course, uh, you have four here where I'm sitting, and that would have been unheard. You couldn't have done that legally if just a few years back. But I, I, uh, I was interested in radio, but uh, it was a little more economically rewarding then than now, I suspect. It worked out all right. Uh, um, not... Not not a lot of what I'd call uh, uh, was not a great income, but it was it was pretty adequate for the investment. It's what I tell people. It's not a high growth industry. Yeah, oh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. When, but, remembering Millard Oakley continues. When a lot of people hear the name Millard Oakley, they think of Tennessee Tech. Where did your love of Tennessee Tech begin? Well, I I, I don't really know. I wanted to go to Tech and. And just uh, uh, living here in the Upper Cumberland, uh, Tennessee Tech is is the truly the economic engine of the Upper Cumberland area. I don't know. Dixie College was, I guess, nineteen nineteen or something like that. It's a hundred years old. Yeah, hundred years old two years ago maybe, and it's touched a lot of lives. It's been so important to this area. I, I don't know how we would. Tennessee Tech has changed the, the demographics of the Upper Common area. It's well known, well respected, good university, and uh, I just uh, uh, got interested in it uh, a long time ago. I don't really remember when, but I, 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 my primary interest at that point was uh, we got the bank started off, and I got interested in real estate and. Uh, uh, as you say, pioneered the wrong way in something. I put a, a development together in Crossville called Renegade Resort, and it was going to be a golf thing and actually puts a ski slope in, with, uh, and it really was, went bust, and uh, I lost my investment. Uh, nobody lost any money except me, but uh, it didn't, just really didn't work out, and it was it's kind of traumatic economically. But I, w- I want to ask you about that because a lot of people who are willing to be entrepreneurial, they have a loss like that, and then that's it. They don't do anything else. How, how, what is it in you that says, okay, that, that, well, I mean, uh, again. when you start with nothing, uh, you, you can't get any worse shape than that, you know. So it was interesting. I made a lot of mistakes and uh, uh, profited by my. I didn't do any more ski resorts. Or <laughs> I didn't develop any more golf courses, but uh, it worked out. I got into primarily some subdivisions then, and uh, uh, just uh, nothing magic about that. You just buy a piece of property, and the big piece makes make little pieces out of them and cut them up and sell them. That worked out really well. When you drive by and see a library with your name on it, when you drive by the STEM Center and see – a building with your name on it. What does it mean to you? Well, uh, it's rewarding. Uh, people, some people say, "Well, it's just 
all ego and that kind of, and that's a, that is a factor. It, it does, uh, uh, it's a feel good thing. We, we had a little library at Livingston. I didn't put up all the money for that. I put up a good part of it. And the same way with the STEM Center, uh, uh, I helped get it. Bob Bell, uh, was trying getting started on that uh, project, and Bob is a good friend and has was a great president of uh, tech, and uh, I agreed to make uh, a significant contribution. I don't remember what it was. It was something north of a couple of million dollars or so. But there are a lot of people that make money that don't give it back to the communities. So what What about well, it? Well, I, I think you uh, – we probably should put more back into society than we take out. Uh, you know, you, uh, I, we, my wife and I try to give a portion of what we make every year for one project or another. That was uh, uh, the STEM Center's done well there. And uh, the uh, um, year before last, I guess it was, uh, we gave the farm that uh, I had, a uh, 200-year Pioneer Farm, to tech, it was worth a lot of money, and of course they put my name on the ag building there, and uh, a lot of kids go in and out there. We had we had a branch of Ball State from Gallatin in Livingston. It was just a little tiny branch, and it was not doing well. And Warren Nichols was there at the Chamber of Commerce, and he said the only way you're ever going to get this uh, thing developed up here. It's put up some matching funds and uh, some other obstacles. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> we, uh, I can't remember exactly that, that year, but uh, you know, the, the, that was controlled at that time by the Board of Regents. In some way, it, the governor got some indication that I was interested, and I was appointed to the Board of Regents, and uh, we <clears throat> we got that done at the finally at, through the Board of Regents, and then we went to had to get it approved by THAC, Tennessee Higher Education Commission, and they turned us down, just flat turned us down. The vote was like I think six to four, something like that. I don't remember exactly. And uh, went back to see Governor Bradson, who uh, he just indicated uh, he just said, "Well, I just kind of." see if I can be of some help in that regard. And sure enough, when the uh, state, excuse me, the state building commission met, they just decided that was a good project and uh, uh, funded it. And we had to uh, uh, put up some matching money and I put up a, a portion of it. I don't remember how much, but anyway, then uh, again, it's a, maybe a little bit of an ego thing, but they, put mine and my, my wife's name on the administration building there, and it's been a, a blessing to this area. It really has. And not just to Overton County, but to see what it has done for students in Clay County and Pickett County, and now, of course, reaching out into Jackson County and putting And up. then we have a, one of the a branch in Cookville. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. been, it's been a – some students, you know, you, <clears throat> you go by the Vol State, I'll use Livingston because I'm there. Uh, and you see a different type of vehicle uh, than you do around tech. And I think that some some students, uh, young people, kind of still 
intimidated by the tech campus, the big buildings, and particularly those students that come from uh, uh, very poor socioeconomic backgrounds. And <clears throat> I think that uh, Vol State serves a great purpose. Uh, they have uh, just some training programs for everything. I was at the, the, uh, uh, at the uh, uh, optometrist here in Cookville a day or two ago uh, with an eye problem. And the all of his assistants, he's uh, Dr. Patterson. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't be giving him a plug, but it's he, all right. Uh, he uh, he does a lot of most a lot of the heavy lifting, eye surgery and stuff. And uh, all of his assistants, most of them, I kept asking with him in school, all Vol State. What develops at Vol State has the only program in Tennessee train an ophthalmologist assistant, kind of like a, a doctor's assistant, mm-hmm. you know, or paralegal. And all of those girls, and they could get a job, mostly girls, but I think one, maybe some men and boys there, but they could get a job just as quick as they get out of school. Uh, I wouldn't think there'd be that many optometrists in Tennessee, but apparently they are. So it, it affords an education that... Uh, that maybe they couldn't get it tech in some ways, the two-year courses. And now they can go uh, without paying any tuition. You've used the word ego several times. Well, we all do. You ha- do you have to have an ego to be successful in business? Most of successful business people that I know, in fact, do have an ego. Uh, they just, well, I guess we've all got an ego. It's more more uh, uh, prevalent in some people than others, but uh, we all have an ego, I think. And, it it is rewarding, but uh, it is good. To, uh, uh, it just makes you feel good about doing things like that. I want to try to do some more of it. Millard Oakley, tell me about your wife. My wife, uh, my first wife, is deceased. My current, well, my wife is. Uh, we call her. Everybody calls her JJ. Her name, her maiden name, is really Joyce Jones, and uh, she is. Um, uh, uh, we get along perfect most of the time and uh, <laughs> she uh, has kind of an interesting background she graduated from ut law school uh, uh made good grades passed the bar the first time and she has uh uh one or two degrees uh master's degrees in uh, nursing when i met her she was teaching at uh, ut i had one i have one child by a previous marriage, and she lives in Hillhead. I have one grandchild, and uh, uh, Kendall Smith, and she's a sophomore here at Tech. But uh, we, we, uh, uh, and we, we, we're of course proud of our grandchild. What, when you grow up in a big family as you did, what do you take away from that? How did that affect your life? Uh, in a positive way. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but we all got along good. Uh, my older brothers, uh, I, I, they were both in World War II, so I, I missed them those years. But we had always had family gatherings. We sat out to, to dinner. We had cousins, and it was uh, uh, we always had really always had plenty to eat, but uh, not much else. You have seen this area grow. Uh, wh- what stands out to you about where this Upper Cumberland region is today in 2018 versus when you were growing up in Livingston? Well, 
I think the of course the Tennessee Tech's uh, growth has been a big factor. Uh, uh, I forty uh, has been a big factor, and <clears throat> we have not done as well. I don't think as we should. I think I may stand corrected on this, but I think there's more people in Clay County a hundred years ago than today. Of course, the, when Dale Hollow Dam was uh, came into being, and a lot of people had to leave, and a lot of people, like in Overton County, the year I was born, 1930, there was about 18,000 people, 18 and a half. All right, now it's uh, uh, 80, nearly 89 years later. Uh, we've got 22, maybe. So the growth pattern has been decimal zero, zero, zero something. So we've really had not experienced a lot of growth. Is it hard to imagine that you're almost 89? Uh, well, sometimes I feel like it, but, I, <laughs> but I'm still, uh, I'm glad to be above the working class. I get up every morning and, and do something. I don't intend to quit. Uh, as long as I can, you know, I'm going to be active just as long as I can be. No intention to retire. Why not? Well, why? Uh, what would I do, you know? I've worked all my life. Uh, I just, uh, I thought about trying. I thought a little bit about it. My wife and I talked about it a little bit when I was 75 or 76, right along in there. But uh, it's just not something that offers any attraction to me. You hear so many people say that when you retire, that uh, all the fun goes away. And and you, based on what I know about you, you're that kind of person. What I mean, you're having the time of your life doing all these things, exploring all these things. Why would you retire? There's no reason I know to retire. Uh, I've been involved uh, uh, in some uh, new. Uh, I've, I have a, a marina in Hilton Head, South Carolina. That's all the marina I was ever around. I didn't. I don't think I saw the ocean until I went in the navy. But uh, uh, I'm sure I didn't. But uh, uh, I was over there. It looked like a good deal and was interesting. So I bought it a dozen years ago, maybe fifteen. And so I've been interested in that. Uh, I, I'm a boat dealer, but I don't know anything about boats. I never had one, you know. Do you like to go out on them? No, I don't. Uh, We've got one and I, over there. I think I've been in it the uh, last two years, maybe twice. Hmm. I don't. Uh, they're more fun to talk about. Do you ever think about legacy? Well, I hope uh, I'll have a little. Uh, I just hope when people come to my funeral, they'll think, well, uh, was I better off having known him or am I glad he's there? You know, I, I think if, if most uh, get a good crowd you know most people think well my life may have been a little better having known the deceased why that's you probably makes you a successful person when it comes when you when, when you look back what would you write about yourself i don't i wrote a little book about overton county uh it's just a short history of overton county it's uh it was nothing very you know readable but uh it was pretty popular around home i gave a lot of them away uh, I don't know. In our death, as you get older, you know, you get mind you think about it. You know, uh, you know, it's on the horizon, and uh, it's an event that's going to happen. So uh, it's non-negotiable. You know, <laughs> nobody's beat it yet. That's right. So uh, I, I don't really fear death much. Uh, I fear the nursing home. 
I'm not, I just don't want to be there. But what would you say about what you've accomplished? Well, I think uh, I've made a mark. Uh, I think uh, well, that I've made a little mark on the community there. I mean, right now I'm with uh, meeting with the county uh, executive and on a, a new county services building for Overton County. They really need one. And I'll make some significant, some meaningful uh, financial contribution to it. Just can't stop, can you? Well, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. He is one of the treasures of the Upper Cumberland, Millard Oakley. Great that we had the chance to visit. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it.